don't do countdowns. What's up, oh, Aaron? We are live. Welcome, everybody, to the Daily Hi-Fi Podcast, live every Monday. And uh, yeah, we're we're missing Chana. He's at, where is he at? I don't know. He's he's He says he's, he's, he's at, at some pool. pool right now. He's yeah. at a pool. So let's see if he calls in or, you know, chimes in sometime. What's up, Aaron? Not much, man. How you doing? <clears throat> uh, you know. Doing well. I couldn't leave you hanging today. I had to join you, man. Oh, thank you. Oh, I mean, I always appreciate that. But uh, I think the viewers should appreciate it more because then you'd have to hear me the whole time. And uh, I have no problem talking for, what, two hours straight. That's easy. Yeah, I don't know if I could do that. It's weird. Like, I've done live streams, you know, we're all just... As long as people are interacting and asking questions, it's not it's not hard to do. But... After a while, you just kind of feel like, like, well, what else do I talk about, right? Like, I don't even know what else to say anymore. I don't know. Maybe so, my brain just works in a way. I'll just keep going on an endless stream of tangents. I'll just keep I, going. My problem is that, like, I think when I know that I'm on the spot, my brain is thinking so far ahead of the next thing I'm going to say to keep me from, like, stumbling over myself. I wind up stumbling over myself, right? Like, it's just, I, th- I think I understand what you're saying. Yeah, it, but it's weird. It's like when I'm at work, if I'm giving a presentation, which I haven't had to do in a little while, but if I'm giving like a big presentation, that doesn't really happen to me because after like a minute or two, my brain settles down, like the stress and the anxiety kind of goes away and I just hit a groove. Mm-hmm. But when I'm live streaming, I'm, I'm always worried like because I've had it happen where the mic goes out or the, the video camera goes down or something. So I'm like freaking paranoid that something's going to go down when I'm doing mm-hmm. that. I don't know, man. It shouldn't be a thing that makes you anxious, but I I'm guess kind of the opposite. Anxiety. When I go, when I just go live, I just talk like I normally talk because yeah. I figure, hey, you're going to be hanging out, so I don't have to be all perfect, pretend to be all perfect, like in a 10 minute, five minute, whatever, however long video. Right. You know, you have to be concise, like take out all the garbage stuff. So, yeah, you in this, wrong. in the last rant video that, uh, Keeping up with the Joneses wanted me to mention quickly. I'll just touch on it. But somebody mentioned in the comments like that I said right a bunch of times. I'm like, dang, I did say right a bunch of times. Can't even be mad about that. I didn't even know I did that. And I I, um, yeah, I've become more aware. Like since I started creating videos, Uh aware of how often I will say, and I'm not going to say it here because then people are going to be listening to it. But I've become a lot more aware of how often I say certain things or filler things mm-hmm. and I, I just edit them out most of the time i have this new Chop app that i i showed you and there's some yeah. stuff i didn't even show you yet there's one where Ooh. it takes out filler words what i and it <laughs> it took out like four minutes from this one video that i did that's awesome like, that's a lot of and then it also takes out blank spaces like that's cool right now i do that i, I want up going through that and and it's like Honestly, I don't think that the people watching really care that much about a couple blank seconds, you know, just me kind of sitting there waiting to get into the next idea or, or observation or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I watch, I don't know if you know who Rick Beato is. He's a great uh, musician and it's a great mm-hmm. channel for that. Millions and millions of subscribers. I was watching him about a year, year and a half ago, and I realized he has a lot of chop edits going on. And I thought to myself, he's or his editor is mm-hmm. chopping out all the little ums and the pauses and things like that. And I think, well, okay, it, it's not as noticeable, you know, if you can kind of time it just right. So, dude, anyway. 
Hey, what is? Oh, why you got a sweater on, bro? It's hot outside. Sweater? I come equipped with the sweater. Dude, it's hot outside because he's there. What's up, bro? What are you doing? Sasha's like, I should have. You were supposed to put a shirt on. All right, all right, all right. He doesn't care. Look at that. That looks like a nice little spot. Oh yeah, we got a cabana over here at the Vadara Hotel. Oh, I love Vadara. I don't even know what y'all talking about. Yeah, oh, in Vegas. here's the funny part: has the we best brought beds. so many drinks. If you open up the fridge, we haven't drank any of them. Like twelve bottles of champagne, like seven Trulies, all kinds of stuff, and we haven't even used any of it. Wow. <laughs> so what are y'all there for? I didn't ask you. Is it vacation? Yeah, this is the one uh, vacation I take a year with Sasha. Okay. So, riders at home with the dogs. Nice. And uh, we went to a music festival, three-day music festival. And Friday night, my new song was played. My buddy was DJing, and he played my new song, and the people went crazy for it. Where at? Where where did he play it at? What's that? Where did he play it? At the show on Friday what, night. What what show? Did you at, mention uh, EDC, the Electric Daisy Carnival? Okay. So that's pretty yeah, cool. I think I saw you in, up on stage too. Yeah, yeah, I was up on uh, on the stage back there with him, and I was in the crowd. Oh, it was so cool to hear my song on like this big ass sound system, and it was just the bass was just <laughs> like going through my body. It was fantastic. <laughs> that's awesome, uh, man! Congrats. Hey, your dream is coming true, right? What's that? Your dream is coming true. Yeah, dream is coming true. Um, <laughs> That's what we do. We actually went into like a bunch of backstage areas on Sunday into the artist area where my buddy who was DJing, he took us up there. Oh, man, I even got to meet like some crazy big DJs that own like record labels and stuff like that and talk to them for a minute. It was just wild. All right. Busy weekend. Well, let me know. I know you're supposed to give me a call to catch up, but I was doing family stuff at the time when you called. Oh, yeah. I know you wanted to give me all kinds of updates. Yeah, I but, know. You know. You gotta, I got to do. I was, I was at the show. I'm like, oh man, I can't wait to tell Joe this. I'm like, why the fuck am I talking about thinking about Joe? Right. Now? <laughs> <laughs> you That's know? cute. Uh, because of, because we visualized this. Remember? Yeah, we, we said, hey, this, yeah. yeah. You said you wanted to be on stage. Yeah. I said, well, let's make that happen. Just yeah, let's figure it and out. You know, when, figure out how it, to it do it. Funny. So that's it. When, that's why. Yeah, that's what we did. It's not a that's surprise. Dreams can become your reality. You just have to like work at it, right? This is going to be a motivational speech now, huh? I yeah. mean, I, this is what I'm telling the kids at home that are watching. Right? <laughs> Hopefully kids aren't watching. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, both of you. Yeah. Aaron, what's up, buddy? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm good, man. You? I'm good, dude. I'm good. Hey, you know, uh, for everybody watching, I can't see the chat or anything. So everybody that's watching, hey, what's up? Um, I was talking to Joe the other day, and I was like, he's like, he's like, oh, you're going to Audio Advice live? I was like, yeah, yeah, in August. And he he asked me why, and I was like, honestly, I just want to hang out with Aaron. So, <laughs> so he's like, oh shit, that sounds that makes like sense. fun. My best that friend. makes sense. Yeah, he my best Dude, friend. I, look, I called Aaron. He's like, we should take the same flights. And book the same seats. So one of us has to sit on each other's laps and just make everybody uncomfortable. I did say that. <laughs> I did say that. that was I, was like, I, I was like, I was like, that's Aaron. Let's yeah. go. 
then he was like, well, I got to go. <laughs> yeah, Talk right. to you later. Uh, yeah, man. Well, hey, have a good time over there. I want you to just enjoy yourself, relax, do your thing. Treat yourself. Yeah, don't worry about us. We we yeah. got this. We got Love this. Love you guys. Love, Love you too, bro. Watching. Love you too, bro. Have a See good you guys one, man. Later. See, See you, man. Peace. See ya. What were we saying? Dude, he wouldn't put saying? a shirt on for no reason. I he should have just kept it as is. I know, man. Flex on the know. on the folks here watching. You, you look like a chest hair type of dude. I don't have chest hair. You got your yeah. See, I but knew I, it, dude. So I I trim mine down because uh, I don't know. I don't shave it. <laughs> I never shave it. But I use beard trimmers and I trim it because it gets it gets pretty unruly, man. Oh no, we're not gonna yeah. start on the manscape. I'm talking. Hey, no, we're not talking about that. I'm just talking about it gets unruly and I just trim it down. That's all I'm saying. To each his so, own. I don't shave my legs or anything like that. I've got friends that do. Before we started talking about, before Chana chimed in, yes. you're talking about Rick, Rick Beato? Rick, Rick Beato. Beato? It looks like Beato. It's yeah. Beato. Yeah. Oh, and I was just saying that he does a lot of chop edits. So I thought, well, if he can do it and he's got millions of subscribers, then I can do it too. So sometimes I'll, you know, really edit my videos to the point where I'm like dropping all the spaces and all the, filler words and then other times i don't really bother and i you and i were talking backstage before this happened that i think when i have speakers that i'm just like eh, about i'm not going to not do a review but i'm not going to put a lot of effort into them you know i'll talk about them i'll put a picture up or something like that but i, I just don't want to spend a whole lot of time editing a video to make it polished if i don't really care for the speaker to begin with and then I really like I noticed that on the Q Acoustics video that I released today, I noticed I didn't talk anything about soundstage or imaging or talk about the horizontal radiation. You couldn't even get past it, huh? That I, I yeah, I don't recall even talking about any of that because the speaker was just so bad to me already that I just what's the point, right? Like I don't care. Yeah. You know. Well, so you you mentioned backstage, you're like, well, you know, I'm gonna review stuff. I don't just pass it by if it sucks, like other reviewers. I'm like, hey. I feel 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 like you're talking about me, and oh, it's true. I mean, and it's just because we have different styles. So, right, we did we just did a collab video on that uh, Cali Audio UNINF, and it's just I, I said, hey, I'm gonna do some B-roll, and then I'll send it to you, and you're like, oh, whatever. I, I'm, I'm gonna just re- he, you you already put it out. Yeah, I'm I'm too anti, man. I've got so much. I just want to get it out there. So I haven't even put mine out yet. We did, we're both, we were both done about the same time, yeah. but my video is not out yet. I haven't even started editing it. Yeah. And it's just because I usually do some B-roll. It's just part of my routine. Right. But it takes time. It, it ta- does. I, I, yeah. You know, and that also takes time to edit. And so if I had a bad speaker and I know it's bad, I don't even want to recommend it. I don't, I don't think anybody should get it. And then I'm like, do I want to go and do some B-roll? Or should I just, maybe this, the thing is, if the speaker sucks, no B-roll. It's just going to be me talking about it, tell you what I like, what I don't like. That's yeah. it. I mean, maybe I, it's equal to their effort. There you go. And you can just be honest in the video and just say, look, I normally do B-roll to try to show you guys all the features, but I just don't like the speaker. I'm not feeling it. And I don't want to spend a lot of time on this when I could be spending it towards stuff that is better. I think that's a, I think that's fair, maybe. Yeah. Maybe that's what I'll do. I'll I'll say what I need to say, but the effort is going to match their effort. Of how aggravated I am at crappy speakers. Okay? <laughs> All right.
Oh yeah. Anyway, anyway, where are we where are we at here? Uh, what are you guys saying in the in the chat? I'm not. Yeah, where are we at? I'm allergic to drama, so oh, I, I'm not wanna, paying any attention you to anybody. Do a, I don't want to pay attention. Do you want to do a sneak peek on the uh, the Behringer stuff by any chance? Go for it. I was, so I, oh, I real, real quick, it. maybe we should touch on the collab video that we did recently. Yeah, yeah on the Cali audio, and I think people liked it. What do you think? Were they was I the feedback think, pretty positive? Yeah, or? actually, I was surprised. I thought, um, and, and I can't really tell you a particular reason that I thought that we might not get a lot of positive feedback. I didn't. What I guess what I'm trying to say is. I didn't expect it to be negative, but I just didn't really think that a lot of people would be like really excited about it. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I just, you know, because it was a 30 minute video, dude, right? Like we talked for an hour <laughs> and I had a, and I've gotten so many people complain about, oh, your video is too long and it's 15 minutes. Like I'm yeah. like, oh. So I just didn't expect the kind of good vibes that we got for that video. And I thought it was cool. Uh, editing that thing down was so tough. So I'm really going to be curious to see what you left in versus what I took out. We'll yeah. go from there, but yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, I think what people liked was just the different viewpoints. Right. Because you came at it from one angle, and we have different sets of measurements. I actually talked to Cali Audio today, and I said, uh -oh. hey, my video's not ready yet, but <laughs> if you watch that video, is there anything that I said that was just straight up incorrect? Because... You know, correct me now. Yeah, that's correct a good point. me now before I go and say this, and then I'm gonna have to make a comment. Uh, let me know. And yeah. uh, <laughs> Charles, I, I haven't even watched it yet. Oh, like, all right. Well, he probably don't care, man. He doesn't care. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you know, like sometimes I don't know that these companies do care, and that's mm -hmm. why I don't really. That's another reason why I don't worry about any kind of backlash from a company. Mm. I do it more for the consumer, right? Like if I was going to go out and buy a speaker, I would want to know the goods and the bads about it. And I would like to see objective data for that rather than me just tell you what I think or, or what I heard because things change from person to person, from environment to environment. So I would like to see the actual concrete data for that. Mm. And sometimes I just don't think manufacturers care. You know, I'll say, all right, I did the review. What'd you think? I'm like, ah, I didn't really like it. Okay, well, we'll send you a FedEx label. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, and that's it. Well, and then, you know, I, I may get something from them again, or it may be hard to get something from them again, and I'll have to go another route. But I will say that for the most part, I've not had any issues with any manufacturer when I've left them a quote unquote bad review mm. and then followed up like, would you mind loaning me this other thing for review? I mean, Emotiva, that's one where I had a couple good reviews in a row. And mm. then a couple bad ones in a row. And then I asked them for something else. And they were like, yeah, sure. And I had it in like two weeks. So, yeah. I, and, and to me, that's a really good feature or a selling point for that company is that they're still willing to um, support loan me stuff because they know what I'm going to do. I'm a known quantity. They know that data is going to get out there and mm -hmm. they're not shying away from it. They're embracing that. You know, I don't know if they're taking the stance of what bad press is good press, right? I don't think that they are, but anyway. Yeah. Well, what was I going to say about that? That was, oh, how you measured the base unit. Yeah. I think it was laying down. And mine, I had standing up. Right. And when I talked to them, I think that that's what caused the, ch the difference 
that we saw. Remember there was a dip there? Right. Um, so anyway, the more data, the more we can start yeah. figuring out why something does what it does. I thought it was cool. I had fun doing it. Um, hopefully we'll do some more of that sort of thing in the future. Yeah, that was good. I enjoyed doing that. Maybe, maybe next time we might consider doing just a live stream. Yeah. <laughs> what is uh so the Q acoustics one? Q acoustics. So I've reviewed the thirty twenty i before. Yeah, and, and I it was, it was probably pretty good. good. Right? I measured pretty well. Yeah, I, mean, I was that's, like, that's okay. These make solid stuff. I I'd seen when I got them and I listened. I was thinking, man, that top end is bright. So I just pulled up the the preamp and started dropping the tree. The treble, the treble down, mm-hmm. and it got to a point where I kind of liked it. And I was like, okay, I can, I can live with that. But I still didn't just that. I didn't really care for it that much. Mm-hmm. And then I went to look, or then I did my measurements. And then I went to look if anybody else has done it. No, but Amir had measured the thirty twenty i, and I thought, okay, well, let. I mean, the thirty twenty i was more linear. Mm-hmm. The fifty twenty is not linear. I don't know why they. I don't know if abandon is the right word, but I'm, I'll just say abandon. They abandoned mm-hmm. that sound signature to go to the 5020 sound signature. And it's just odd to me. And mm-hmm. I don't really know why they would have, why they chose to go that route unless somebody left a comment saying that a lot of people com- complained that the 3020 sounded maybe lifeless, I think was the word, something along those lines. And, and his notion was that maybe Q Acoustics has tailored the sound for the new speakers to have more life. Or detail, and maybe they just went too far this time. I, I would have to look at my old Q acoustics. If I could pull it up, but I remember those having a decent. Amount, I oh, I reviewed the thirty thirty i. I remember like those having a good amount of trouble. Also, it's not like they were dull speakers. I remember those, like the original Unify. What was it? Elac UB five. Yeah. That, yeah had rolled off trouble is pretty pretty obvious this i don't remember doing that hold on let me see something real quick let's see yeah it was just what and the weird thing about speakers like that where it's just all of us it's like a level change you know mm-hmm. it's it's kind of harder to to judge those subjectively because you know something's off and you know you don't like it mm-hmm. but it's different than when a speaker has a resonance mode or maybe just a strong peak at like 4k and you're able to say, all right, it's somewhere in the high frequency was very sharp. You know, in this Mm -hmm. case, it's just the whole highs were off and you're like, how do I describe that? And then that's when I go and look at the data and I say, ah, I see what's going on now. Makes a little bit easier. Here's the 3030 I. Yeah. So, that doesn't look like what you measured on, on the new speaker. So I was, I was like, "What are they? What are they doing?" I don't understand what happened because this looks pretty good to me. Are you seeing it? Yeah. Was is that your like your near field type measurement or like e, out in the room or? Uh, near field moving mic. Yeah. So yeah. okay, that's reasonable. So I mean, maybe a little bit bright, maybe depending on the measurement method, you know, like yeah, yeah. I don't know how much of a difference that that makes you know when you're near feeling moving the mic around it you you know what i'm saying because when you get on the far field you, mm-hmm. you would want a, a slope right if it were flat you know it's going to sound bright but yeah with your method i don't really know i would assume that flat ish is still okay mm-hmm. when you're up close yeah like that yeah it's, it's close enough to the point where we're talking about less than a foot 
So really close. Um, so it was it was interesting. I I I made the comment. Hey, they're trying to go for that Bowers and Wilkins sound. Oh yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't. I just you know I was bummed, man. It's a to me, it's a gorgeous looking speaker. Somebody replied and said they didn't like the look of it, but I think it's an awesome looking speaker. But it's so just I the went sound to, wasn't right for me. I went to Sound United this weekend. Oh yeah, and this kind of relates to what we're talking about, um, with the. Bowers and Wilkins, because they have this demo room where they have pretty much all the most expensive stuff that they make. Like mm-hmm. Sound United, Massimo, I don't know, whatever. Right. I, I I still say Sound United. Um, Massimo, isn't that like the Target clothing brand? <laughs> isn't it? I mean, seriously. Yeah, it is. But okay. I think it's spelled different. Oh, okay. So but it's it not. Says, okay. It still says... Um, Hold on. Let me see if I can show you some pictures. It still says on the building. So here. Share screen. Window. Here. On the window, it still says... Or on the building, it still says Sound United. So Yeah. And then there's Phil. Phil Jones. What else? Uh, and then this is their demo room where they have all kinds of... Just, you know, all the, the best of the best stuff that they make. Is that and 3D? No, it was in between two frames. Yeah, sh- I had my kids and my wife and my mom. Are those acoustic tiles at the top? Or is it just uh, like that drop ceiling panel? I, I can't really Yeah, tell. I think they did have uh, acoustic panels up there. Yeah, it kind of looks staggered a little bit. Uh-huh. Yeah, they have a lot. There was a lot of treatment in that room. Are you doing um, a video for that, or were you up there for something else? Were you up I there just, for Magic Beans? I, 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 yeah, pretty much. I popped in for 45 minutes. So mm-hmm. shout out to Phil Jones for uh, staying a little bit later, and to Cam, Cam over there who was uh, keeping the family busy while I was talking to Phil. And so thank you for the hospitality. You know he took them to their crazy game room. They have this driving simulator and all kinds of games and just you know stuff to keep you entertained. Anyway, um, let me see if I can show you the speakers that they had in here. I think that these were it. It's they were behind something, so I couldn't really tell. Angela says, yes. Thank you, Phil and Cam, for the hospitality. Yep. Kids had a blast. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Share screen. What am I trying to show? I'm trying to show this thing. I think that there were these, because what Phil told me was it's pretty much the 802, the 802D Diamond Series. Yeah. And uh, it's just in a different enclosure. So hold on one second here. So I think that those were the ones that they had, and they were they're expensive. You can imagine. Yeah. Uh, anything from Bowers and Wilkins. So they had these all around pretty much every, I think every speaker except for the height speakers were these speakers. So all the best stuff. Let's see here. What else? Um. But yeah, even their projector. That's okay. So projector folks, they had this. They said it was a thirty thousand dollar JVC. So I don't know which one that is. I don't know all the models, but yeah. everybody always talks about the black levels. And so I finally experienced that when this thing went to black. The whole room was just black, like as if you just turned off all the lights because you could see the walls, the ceiling, everything was blacked out too. Mm-hmm. So when it went to a black scene, 
nothing. You just could just nothing was on the screen. And it, whoa, it feels crazy because in my theater, I don't have one of these crazy $30,000 projectors. And so when it fades to black, there's still some light. There's still light reflecting off the screen a little bit. Kind of like a grayish look. So yeah, that was interesting. Um, but I was there to do show Phil some Magic Bean stuff. Yeah. And what I thought was interesting and uh yeah so I, I don't wanna I don't wanna say too much bad stuff because they're very nice to us over there, but I I think my family was like they're used to my system. We watch movies in our system. I have lots of systems. Right. And so and big projector setups too. So I can imagine somebody who came in who would come in and say, Man, I'm used to watching on a TV. Now here's 150 inch. Like, this is crazy. This is a home crazy. theater. Uh, but the one in my theater here is 120, so it still feels you know, feels feels like a similar experience, but mine is very dialed in, tuned, but my speakers are not, what, $10,000 or $17,000 each. Mine are way less expensive, but I think the tuning on mine is better. Uh-oh. I have to say, oh, subjective, of course, but I have to say, when after we left, I, I asked them, hey, so what do you think? And my my sister was just kind of like, eh, I'm not sure why it was that expensive. You know, that's that's really expensive. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just that they're used to hearing my system. So they're probably comparing it to what they're used to hearing here. And so that's, yeah, that's, uh, I think that says something about the tuning. Could be. Tuning matters so much. Yeah. But if you didn't get measurements while you were there, then I can't I take your word for it. So. I did get measurements. Yeah, and that's why I, I, I got some measurements. And that's <laughs> why I said in your Q acoustics video, oh man, they're going for that Bowers and Wilkins. Oh yeah. Because I do have measurements. Oh, okay. So I do have measurements yeah. of the speakers and how they, how they performed in the room. Yeah. Oh, dang, those are bright. I've, so I've like actually those? seen like Stereophile, I think, reviewed the 802D. I don't know the different model numbers as they, you know, mm -hmm. come out through the years and they've revised them. But it's the big ones, like the two tens and mm -hmm. six and a half, and the, the tweeter at the top. Mm -hmm. And I, when I saw the measurements, I remember thinking there's a really big directivity error uh, in the mid range to tweeter. Mm -hmm. And so I'm assuming then that in the room it's, it was going to sound bright. I actually tried to get the 802s to review. And uh, I was like, this close. And then they had a change in uh, in hands. So the yeah. person that I was talking to that was going to hook me up with it was no longer part of the company. Mm. But maybe uh, yeah, the them. target curve was very weird. So that's the purpose of the Magic Beans app that I'm making is to find out what the target curve should be. And most yeah. target curves are what you expect. Oh, base rise. And then in the treble... There's a roll-off. That's kind of a normal room. It's kind of what you expect yeah. from a normal speaker in a normal room. And right. that's why people like to use the Harman Target because on average, everything kind of it kind of goes towards that. But this yeah. one is the opposite. Uh, let me see. I don't know if I can find it. But basically, there it, it was... It's I don't know what would cause this. Maybe you can tell me. But what would cause something want needing to be needing to have more trouble would that be needing to have more i mean it, it to sound normal needing to have more trouble to sound yeah. normal 
what do you know if it's the speaker or if it's the room and the speaker you know like i, I didn't take that many measurements i was the, there the two things minutes. i was thinking was one it could just be the speaker itself could just be like lower treble mm -hmm. no it wasn't was, low um, treble from what i heard but maybe or maybe. if there is too much absorption then maybe it's absorbing a lot of the higher frequency that you know normally would help it to sound balanced in the room yeah yeah so, Maybe yeah. that was it. And also it was behind a little bit of a screen. So maybe that affected things. Anyway. Yeah, it could be. It's it's hard to say for sure. For sure, for sure. If if Phil's watching, Phil, I want you to try that target curve I sent you. If Phil's watching, Phil, I know you don't know me, but if you want to send me out a pair of the 802, whatever they are now, for me to review, that'd be cool. 802s, you're willing to take those on, huh? Uh, yeah, so I'm actually talking. I didn't. I was going to send you guys the, the thing this morning, but I didn't want to barrage you guys with a bunch mm -hmm. of messages this morning. So I emailed Clipple, and I asked them to give me a quote on the Z-axis extension, which basically now will allow me to measure uh, tower speakers standing upright. I used to have to do it with them laying on their side, which yeah. created some issues. But now the problem is that where the clipple is, I can't extend the the R axis, which like goes all the way out this way, far enough to let me go all the way around a tower speaker. But mm -hmm. I do have the ceiling height where I can go up higher than I used to be able to go up. And the last time I saw it was about forty five hundred euro for that extension. And mm -hmm. if it's in that ballpark still, then I think I'm going to go ahead and get it. And then that will allow me to measure bigger, taller speakers like that. And then the only problem is going to be getting them like big heavy speakers getting mm -hmm. them because you know i work out but i don't i don't work out that much right like i visit the gym enough but not enough to lift 120 pound speakers by myself yeah yeah so we'll All see right. but that'd be cool uh we have some starred stuff here too a lot of star stuff tim is doing the job tim, today yeah he's doing his thing uh one quick plug that i want to make though is see here after show so i i want to do this a little bit early so for our patrons we i don't usually try to promote it that much i kind of just say it at the end you know join us at the on our after show but for our patrons we always do an after show and i stay in there pretty long and i just talk with the, some of these folks but there's a lot of benefits to being a patron that we don't even really talk about here and it's because i figure if people want to support what we're doing then I want to give back and I don't yeah. want somebody to join just because they're expecting something in return. But I think I should mention some of the stuff. For example, uh, when we have our, you know, when we came out with the spatial toolkit, everybody got a discounted rate, all of our patrons for my magic beans. I'm already doing some testing with my patrons just because I know them. I know them personally. So I feel comfortable saying, Hey, Let's uh let's try this out together and then you tell me all the issues and you know they're helping me out and they're hopefully getting a good tune in the meantime. Mm -hmm. But I look to my patrons first just because I know them. You know we know each other. We have some rapport already. And so over what was it? Past few days I did Ike's. I've done Reverend Slim's system. So it was uh you know, I'll let him chime in and, and let us know what he thinks because he seemed pretty happy with the outcome. Um, let's see here. What are you guys <laughs> saying over here? Giving away those magic bean secrets, Paige. Oh, no. Yes. What's up, Fred? Yeah, we give advice too. 
try to save people money if they're willing to listen when they want to spend a ton of money. We're saying, hey, I don't know if you patrons get a complimentary tuft of Chana's chest hair. Wow. <laughs> that was good. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. Um, what else? Who are you, who are you guys in here? Uh, SEO, Scott, thank you. Patron, Patreon crew is fun. Glad to be part of it. Yep. And Ike says, Magic Beans is better than your favorite canned baked beans. That's all you got? All right. I thought you were going to tell us how it sounded, all that. Because hopefully you got a chance to listen to it. Because really on the phone, I know this sounds crazy, but on the phone, you can tell when a tune sounds good. I know this sounds crazy. It sounds stupid. But what I found is when, vo when voices aren't correct, you know how your phone has like noise canceling? It's only trying to yeah. it's only trying to keep the voice. Right. Yeah. And when your system is tuned correctly, it thinks that the other person's singing on the other end. So it just lets that piece lets it go through. Versus mm -hmm. when there's like too much trouble, it almost thinks it's noise. It almost thinks it's just background noise. Yeah. And you hear it like cutting that out. It's weird, but just yes. Um, what else are you guys saying in here? Ooh. You compared your beans with any Dirac Live base control system results yet? Uh, it's not to, meant to be a replacement for these auto room corrections. It's supposed to be complementary. The idea is just that you're going to get the correct target curve and you'll have all the benefits of Dirac's you know, phase alignment, time mm -hmm. alignment. Uh, base, Dirac Live base control is uh, using multiple subs and EQing them separately so you have... Uh, good summation. You're going to get all that, just the proper target curves. So, what else? Uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, um, I'm not looking at the stored. So, um, oh, Ike says it's really great. The measurements also did not lie. There you go. Yeah, we were learning some crazy stuff about uh, some of the speakers that Ike had behind the screen and how much it was attenuating the top end. You know, those are important things to consider. And for some reason, the right speaker was lower in volume. I was like, what is that? What makes that happen? Like, what's happening there? Is it an amplifier thing? But anyway, consistently. What do you think of the new Yamaha 5000 series preamp and amplifier? Is this, I don't have any experience with this. I think this is the one that Gene at Audioholics, I assume it was Gene. Yeah, I don't know. Measured I don't recently. know anything about it. Do you? Yeah, I, I don't know anything about it, man. Unfortunately, I cannot help you there. Yeah. Mm. Reference, Slim, what did you say over here? Uh, so we did yours also, but we had... Oh, man. And this is why I like dealing with the folks I know. Because we were trying some ridiculous stuff. So he had a little gaming mic. And we're experimenting with being able to use pretty much any mic to do mm -hmm. the calibration. Yeah. But there's always a limit. And it's important to find what those limits are. So yeah. he's trying to use this wireless gaming thing. And I'm like, let's try it. Let's see if we can get a decent measurement. I don't know. But the problem is that thing seemed to adjust dynamically. It it wasn't a fixed, you know, response. It seemed like it was always trying to look for noise and cancel that out. And mm -hmm. it just, it didn't work. So that, and also he doesn't have a calibrated mic. But we did find that plugging in the, what is that? The ACM1, I think it's called. ACM1 or ACM1X, the Odyssey mic. Okay. 
plugging that in directly to his PC actually worked. Like <laughs> you just plugged it into the mic input and we took some measurements like, oh, that's pretty close. Not perfect, but close. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. If you don't you don't want to buy a mic and uh you want to take some decent measurements, it's good up to a certain amount. It's in the trouble where it requires a little bit more calibration. But if you're just trying to get, you know, just get an idea, mid-range, your base, I think it's fine for that. And if you already have it, then you can you can use it. Uh, what else are you guys saying over here? Shall we go over the, some of the start are stuff? they saying? <laughs> Let me do this one real fast. Okay. This one's for you. Mm-hmm. How has Micah come up with a new speaker? No, actually, no. So I don't think so, but who did? Numi did. They came up with a little small speaker oh, like that I didn't review. Or something? Yeah, I didn't review it. I was just like, oh, I don't know, man. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I saw that. I don't it was it just like a scaled down version? I can't remember. It seemed like it was no, it's a little bit more expensive, right? That's what I'm like, that's smaller and more expensive. Yeah. You guys are going to have a hard time beating your other thing because yeah. the whole idea was super low cost and measuring pretty well. So yeah, they they, beat I think own. they could clean up the existing design a little bit and um, just put that back out there and do like a rev two of it and get more people interested in it and just go that. I mean, that's the route that I would go. I don't, I don't own companies, better. so I ain't got a clue. Yeah, they could make it a little bit better. Uh, let's see. What else? Uh-uh. Let's see. Reverend Slim does not have a U mic. I don't even know who you are anymore. Exactly. That's what I told him. What are you doing? If anybody needs a U mic, it's that guy. You need one. You need one Re in your life. Reverence. Reverence. Oh. Um, oh. Uh, so here's one. Randall Crowley just ordered the new Kef R6 Meta to use as a center channel for my R7's non Meta. Thoughts? I seem to remember you like the R2C, but I found it a bit small paired with the R7s. Uh, so I don't really have any experience with the R6 or even the R6 Meta since that's a newer version. Um, you know, my thoughts would just be based purely off of just the fact that Kef generally makes really good stuff. And I don't think you could have gone wrong with the route that you went. And I don't know, was this the same fellow who asked last week about getting the R6 or or the R6 Meta, or maybe it was something else. Somebody asked about last week, I think. And my answer then was, yeah, get the R6 Meta all day if you can. I'm going to try to review that one. As a matter of fact, that's a, that's a company who's been really good about sending me stuff out to review because, Kef, some mm -hmm. of their stuff I reviewed positively and other stuff I haven't. But they never shot away from sending me anything. The only problem is that sometimes you know, most manufacturers only have so many that they're allotted or they've allotted to send out for review. And a lot of the times I'll run into asking for something where somebody will say, well, we've got basically, a, this is backed up. Like it's got to go through two or three more people. And then I'll put out an all hands on deck or I'll take some Patreon money and go buy it and then sell it locally or something like that. But yeah, so yeah. far so good with Kef. They are going to send me the R3 metas. And I think they haven't been shipped. I actually asked today, but I'm hoping that they'll ship out this week and maybe I'll have them by the weekend. And then they also mentioned the R6 Meta, or I asked about the R6 Meta, and I think that's going to be coming at some point, but it's currently in the hands of another reviewer. You know you know how I know that Kef makes some good stuff? How do you know? When Sean Olive from 
a competing company yeah gives them props on their design and their measurements and just the way they do things that doesn't yeah. happen all the time right. <laughs> he, he's over there at uh jbl Harmon, samsung yeah and i think it was on linkedin i don't remember but it was on linkedin and facebook and he's just like hey i give props to kef because i'm like that's yeah. you can't you can't hide it when something's just objectively good and that's what i like about objective stuff you could not like them but you can't deny what it's showing there yeah the results and that's what i that's what i aim to do mm-hmm. just pro- provide good results and it was a discussion on that rant video is how do you know that you're good at what, doing what you're doing so you, as a reviewer are you getting good feedback that you're actually doing a good job of, you know, recommending stuff that you think that people would like? That's what my, that's what I yeah, want to do. I, I want to recommend stuff that people will love. When they, when they get it, they're like, this is exactly what I was hoping for. And it's exactly why I, what I expected. And it does what it says it was going to do. And the reviews really helped me understand what was happening. And so to me, that's a satisfaction thing. That would be, that would be if we were able to do a survey of everybody who watched, let's say they watched your video, they bought the Arendel speaker. Mm-hmm. How many people are, are satisfied? Oh, there's <laughs> right on cue, right on cue. There's uh, there's Fred Arendel Towers, right? Okay, so that's my point is how many people are happy? Let me get this off the screen. How many people are happy with the recommendation that you've given them that they don't have any buyer's remorse? They didn't have to return anything that, you know, not, not because, you know, sometimes there's just a fault with a, with a, yeah. the, the thing, but it's, right. are they happy with the recommendation that they got from you? Cause that to me is what really is important. And I think that anybody who has bought based on my recommendation, I think, I think uh, my scores would be very high. Because I tell it as it is. I said, this yeah. is not for you if you're this. If It's for you if it's for this. And I think I maybe some other reviewers, maybe they can get more people to buy more stuff. But I don't know that they would have the same satisfaction. Because sometimes they might buy something. It's like, oh, that didn't have as much base in my room. Because whatever, for whatever reason. So, yeah. What do you think? Do you think you'd get a good score? I mean, I think generally the feedback has been pretty good. I've certainly got examples where people said you know i bought this but i just didn't like it for this reason and usually my reply is well at least you know now you have some data to go along with what it is like was the treble too much or was this Mm -hmm. thing or this and so you can kind of look at the data and then you can compare and uh that that's usually a good reply it usually evokes a a positive uh re-reply but yeah i think for the most part i feel pretty good about what i'm doing and uh, the effect that it's having and hopefully saving some people some money in the long run because man it's a lot easier to pick out a few designs that you feel like are going to be good rather than trying to go and buy like 10 over the span of a few years and hope you land on something eventually right Mm -hmm. do you i think the discussion earlier was also do you feel hyped up enough when you when there's something that you like because sometimes i don't feel like i'm hyped up enough i'm not showing People Almost enough like how much I like something because I don't want to be so I don't want to oh, be yeah. salesy and I don't yeah. want somebody to go and buy this thing if it's not specifically for them. But I also sometimes feel like I am downplaying 
how great something is. So what is that range? What is that range of this thing? I really don't like it to I love this thing. Right. I don't know that I do a great job of uh, of showing these things. So my example is the monolith THX compact satellites. And I think I think the way it comes out for me is that I talk about it often, that I can't let it go. I may not be all yeah. hyped in my video, but I'll mention it again and again and again. And it's because I I use them. They're here. They're yeah. all around me. And I, think I that does a lot. I they sent me a set and I bought two more sets. Yeah. That I don't buy any speakers. I don't buy speakers. But yeah. I saw the deal and I'm like, that that's silly to that's a silly deal. I'm gonna swoop up on that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how it comes out for me. Yeah, I, hear I just keep talking about it over and over. Right. And I think we do that too. We've always mentioned the Cali Audio LP six V two. You just can't Yeah, there's there's a certain few that are like stakeholders in their category or in their price range or whatever, you know, that I mm -hmm. will continually reference back to. And there's definitely a few speakers that I'd love to own, but they're just too expensive. Like the JBL forty three sixty sevens. Love to own those. Kef Blade made us love to own those. No way yeah. I can afford them. You know, like a buddy of mine is a dealer and he said, man, I can, you know, I can get you like dealer price on mm -hmm. actually both of those. And I told him, I was like, if you want to see like what your dealer price would be and you want to pass along to me, <laughs> let me know. But I'm just warning you now that that doesn't mean I'm going to be able to buy it because it's probably still way more expensive. If you're assuming a 50% markup and you're talking 20 to $30,000 speakers, dude, you're still at 10 to 15,000 bucks with a discount. And I'm just like, oh. Yeah, and, you know what I find I, fascinating about you is, it, uh oh, I would I wouldn't guess that you're a two channel guy. I would say if I if I were to guess, I'd say oh he's probably into home theater stuff. But you did have a home theater at your old house. I did. So it's not that you didn't like it, but it doesn't seem like you. That's not your main interest. If I were to guess, well, looking based on you know what you have and the stuff that you are interested in that mm -hmm. you've told me seems like you're more interested in maybe the two channel stuff or maybe just the actual speaker themselves and the design of the speaker. I don't know. Why don't yeah. You tell me? So, so, and I've, I mean, I hear you to me, a speaker is a speaker. There's not a home theater speaker and there's not a stereo speaker unless you're talking about like using EQ. And I've made a video about all of that. So mm. it's not me just kind of coming off the top. Um, you know, a home theater speaker to me is one that can get louder and it doesn't have to be perfectly flat, doesn't have to have, you know, everything perfect about it, but it definitely needs to be able to be EQ'd. And that affords you a lot of wiggle room, whereas with a stereo, maybe you're not going to use EQ just from the purest perspective or something like that. So mm. you need or want at least a speaker that is, you know, typically flat on axis, good sound power, all those mm. things where you may not be able to use an EQ or maybe just a little bit of a tonality slider. But that's really the only difference. So when I look at a speaker, I just look at a speaker like, okay, is this a good speaker or not? And then I say, okay, well, could I use it for this thing or could I use it for that thing? So I don't, I don't categorize myself as one or the other. I just, it's a if it's a good speaker, it's a good speaker. And if it's bad, it's bad. And that's it. But how about you said EQ, EQ ability. Mm -hmm. EQ ability, yeah. But 
a lot of the two-channel stuff, the integrated amps, even expensive ones, they don't give you any ability to EQ. Yeah, it's not part of the thing. It's you. You would have to buy something external, like uh, Mini DSP SHD or something like mm -hmm. that. You have to buy another thing, mm -hmm. and to me, that's where it's a little bit weird. Yeah, because if you're into, if you believe in EQ, how does that Macintosh have EQ? How much is that? It thing? Has no it well so it has like odyssey and stuff like that so that's when oh, I talk it about does EQ. yeah yeah that that macintosh that, that you have the two channel one does preamp that macintosh preamp is that what oh. you're talking about uh-huh yeah that one has and then i'm also talking about avrs they're going to have you know mm. odyssey at the very least they're going to have odyssey and then a lot of people will go through the effort of running mini dsp like you mentioned i was running uh eight by eight mini dsp was it the ddrc 88a mm -hmm. I think it was the one i was running so I've always run DSPs. So that's where my my head is at. And then when I think of just the pure stereo file type person, mm. they're probably not going to be using EQ. So they need a speaker that doesn't need EQ to fix all of its issues, that is already good out of the box. And that's really, in my opinion, what separates a, a stereo speaker versus a home theater type speaker. With a home theater speaker, you've got more latitude. If you've got mm. EQ to clean it up, as long as it has good directivity, then you're okay, right? Like, so you, in your case, this is why, this is where you come in, I think. And mm. if I'm misstating what you represent, then let me know. But the uh, way I see it from you is that you try to search for the best options for a certain price, or maybe not even a certain price. Let's just say the best budget speakers that can take well to EQ and then be made to sound good. Basically, it's like, you don't have to start off with a perfect speaker. You can just start off with a speaker that's malleable, and then mm. you can shape it, the response to get what you need out of it make it flat-ish or whatever, yeah. and then you can tailor the sound to the room after that. Yeah, that's a high, that's definitely a high priority yeah. for me. But I would also like a speaker that doesn't really require so much EQ. For the person who may not use any EQ, I would hesitate to recommend a speaker that has great directivity, very EQable, but horrible, just out-of-box frequency response. It's like, uh, what if you, what if you don't know how to do uh, correction, then you're stuck with how that speaker actually sounds, and that might not be good. So I look for both. I definitely want it to be EQable, but I also want it to sound good out of the box. And it kind of made me think that it's interesting for the fact that a lot of two-channel guys are not. They seem to be less interested in measurements than than the home theater guys. Just just you know. Just generally speaking, and you know, when you speak generally, yeah. you're going to be I, very I, wrong a lot of times. But the, what's interesting though is those are the guys that don't use EQ, and they would benefit the most from having a great measuring speaker. I know, man. That's that's a conundrum. There's a new word. I don't use that one a lot. Conundrum. Every time we should try to use a new word in our in our review, something we, we don't normally just throw it in. Yeah, we should get like a dictionary out or something. Just try to get it in there. Yeah. Anyway, I think that the two-channel guys would definitely benefit the most, and they seem the least welcoming sometimes. Yeah. They. 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 Yeah. Uh, sorry oh. if I offended anybody. Yeah, they're going to come after you now. I might get canceled for that, huh? Yeah. Watch yeah. out. Hashtag. I'm uncancelable. You are uncancelable. That's right. Um, what else? Okay. Uh, Stay here. Here you go. Hard. Mm -hmm. are the Joe, beans, are the beans ready for the harvest yet? 
I'm working on it. I'm working on it, and I just need it to be stable. What I don't want is I don't want people to spend their time, do a bunch of measurements, because if you have 13 speakers, that's 13 measurements. You spend an hour, two hours, and if it doesn't give you the result because the app is not doing what it needs to do, that's not good. That's not good. Mm. Uh, I don't want to waste anybody's time. I'd rather waste my own time so that you don't have to waste your time. And I think what I might do for the first round of beta testing is I might say, hey, I usually do remote calibration services and I charge a decent amount, more than I would be willing to pay for myself, but it's not for me. It's for other people who can afford to pay for my services. I've said that before. But what I might do is do a discounted rate and say, I'll do a calibration, but let's use let's use Magic Beans and you do it. I'll walk you through it. I'll log into your computer remotely. I'll hop on the phone, whatever. You know, we'll spend an hour, two hours, whatever. And that helps me out because I get to see where someone might get stuck. They'll say, oh, I don't understand what to do here. Okay, I need to fix it so that it's easier to understand there. Or maybe the program gets stuck somewhere or we don't get the result that we want. At least I'm able to see what's happening. And so I think that's going to be the first round is I'm going to work directly with people and it'll just be a small group at first, work out as many problems as I can and then expand out and maybe do more Mm -hmm. and then do some that are uh, unattended. I don't know what you call it. Uh, Unassisted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So yeah, that's, that's what's happening. Not, not yet, but I'm really working on it. I want it out as soon as possible. I can't wait, but it has to be good. I can't, I can't put out crap. You know, I'm not trying to get, I don't want people to pay for something because this is going to be something you pay for. And when you pay, you have expectations. So I want you to pay and say, that is totally worth it. Not pay and say, dang, this needs a lot of work. Yeah. Not going to come out of the box like that. Got to be good for sure. Like the speakers that we expect. Like, just like what we hope that speakers mm-hmm. will do. Yes. All right. What else? Man, a lot of Magic Beans questions. I'll knock them out real quick. So here, uh, Juan, can you briefly explain what a Magic Beans session consists of? What do you do and what does the customer have to do during the session? Just imagine that we have to take a bunch of measurements, a certain type of measurement, moving mic measurement. And then if you're using the Magic Beans app, it calculates the target curves for every speaker. And so to me, that's very important to get the right target curves. If we're not using the app, in in the cases uh, this weekend where the app was acting up for whatever reasons, uh, and we've since fixed it, but I was like, I'm not going to let Ike spend an hour, two hours, and not have a good tune at the end of that. That's just not, <laughs> that's not cool. So I said, you know what? Forget it. I'm going to do it manually the way I've always done it. And so that's what I did. I did it manually and it took a couple hours. But at the end, I think he was happy with it. But it's be- it takes longer because I have to calculate everything. Calculating, the you know, doing math between curves is not an easy task. And to do it properly and not make a mistake. Yeah. I'm a human. I make all kinds of mistakes. So, uh yeah. Hopefully the app will just make it more streamlined and easier and faster and all that. So what else? What uh, else? Bodhi, Bodhi says, when you 
say target curve, are you saying what frequencies you need to hit for the measurements to be flat? Um, I'm not going to say the exact details of what what I'm trying to do. I want the app to speak for itself. But eventually, once enough people have it, enough people have used it, I think people will understand how it works. And I will make a video describing or explaining all the reasons why it works. So first, I want people to try it and see that it actually works first and then say, what did you do? How did you do that? How did you know? And it all makes sense. It's not, it's all just uh, science. I don't know. Science. Math, science and math. It's not, uh, yeah, that's all it is. Um, let's see here. What is this? No, nothing. Odd problem. Ran Odyssey on a 5.0 system. Added a butt kicker via sub pre-out. When you add the sub, the Odyssey stops working? Added a butt kicker via sub pre-out. When you add the sub, the Odyssey stops working. Can't run Odyssey with butt but makes no sound. Huh. Uh, I'm trying to figure out whether it stops working the moment you plug in. Because, okay, let me let me just tell you something that I've seen often is when you run Odyssey, it has a certain speaker configuration. And it has outputs based on what you've configured. If you go and add a new speaker in the layout, Odyssey automatically gets turned off because it doesn't know that speaker. It doesn't have a measurement for it. It doesn't know what to do with it. So you can't change your speaker layout after the fact. So I think that that might be what you're talking about. So I don't know. Let me know. Give me a follow-up. And uh, Tim, please start it if you see it. Don't From start no it. Don't Do not. Uh, Parker Tufts. Thanks, Joe and Tell. Monolith satellites will be my new height channels. Yes, and I would definitely say just be careful because they are low sensitivity. Uh... And you need to be able to, you want to make sure that you're able to play them loud enough for your satisfaction level. So if you have a huge room and you love to play stuff super loud and you, for some reason, want to play them full range, probably not the right speaker. But if you have a small room, you're pretty close to the speakers and you're going to cross them over at 80, 90, 100 hertz, you're going to be fine. So there's that. I wish you could measure those. I know you, Which you probably are not interested in them. Oh, They're yeah. Send one my ones. way, I'll measure it for you. I'm using them all. You don't need that many. I told Chana that I was going to buy a couple of those sets and put them up in my bedroom to have surround sound. I'm almost, I just, you know what? I like to be, I like if you were to review it and say, yeah, I know he said it was good, but there's actually this wrong. I, I don't know why. I kind of would like for you to, to say this is the issue. I'd huh? have to go and watch your review. And I think I ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> I know. Dude, I've got 10 pair of speakers at my house right now. And they've mm -hmm. all come in within the last two weeks. 10 pair. Well, and I've got is... the MoFi Source Point 10s are supposed to be here tomorrow. Ooh. Nice. Not, and not, then those Kefs are supposed to be here this week. No? They come up with a smaller one? or They're big. Yeah, they came out with an 8-inch version somewhat recently. They should send those over. Yeah, I asked about those. They said, um, try, mm, I don't remember exactly what they said. I can't remember if they said like they, they've already allotted them or if they just didn't have any to send out right now. Mm. But, um, 
it was one of those like we can revisit in a couple months or something like that. So mm. I'm sure that they're probably slammed with requests for inventory with those since they're the newest thing. I'm actually really excited to hear about or to hear the source point tens and, and just get to actually listen to them and then see what the measurements show, of course. But I'm really excited to hear them too. Yeah, let's see if that Andrew Jones guy knows if he knows what he's talking about. We'll see. I don't know. Maybe he, you know, we'll have to wait and see. You know, he used to be my favorite uh, speaker designer just because he came out with affordable stuff and uh, it was the stuff that I could afford at the time. This stuff might be a little bit out of my range, but doesn't mean he's, you know, still not awesome. It's just I can't afford that or I wouldn't want to afford those speakers. Not for me. Uh, who else? Get this out of the way. Uh, Ike says, the current version works well. I would have rolled it out and pushed out multiple patch updates like all the AVR companies do. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I can't. It has to be... There has, there's a standard. I, it has to be up to a certain level. So, yeah, no, no. Got to get it better. Yeah, I've got questions for you about that. But they're probably best served for asking you privately because I don't know if there are questions okay. that you want answered right. publicly. I don't. Oh, I mean, you can ask. I'll just, I'll just ask. Like, I mean, yeah. I'm sure you're paying somebody to to build this thing for you. Are you mm -hmm. building this app yourself, or are you? Yeah, I'm not. To... I'm not an app developer. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I wouldn't know where to start to build it, but I could. You know, if I had an idea, I just got you know very lucky. Having an idea lucky. and executing the idea, two different things. I got very lucky because you can find an app developer anywhere. Mm -hmm. What you can't find is an app developer where you just you talk about uh, psychoacoustic principles and they know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Imagine having to explain every time. Well, it needs to be this way because of it. Like, I'm not. I don't want to teach somebody. Yeah. But just do what I yeah, tell the you. Per the, the person I have, we can go back and forth. We can talk about psychoacoustic theory, and that really helps. And that's why I'm so excited. I'm very thankful that I found this person. Yeah, that's cool, man. I'm happy for you. Yeah, it. thank you, thank you. All right. Um, let's see. Uh-oh. I think this is probably for Aaron because I see Bic here. Any <laughs> news from Bic regarding the Bic Acoustic PL300? The one could go down to 15. Yeah. You know, I reached out to them. I emailed them. No response. So... Hmm. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go way out of my way to go try to get them. Sent the yeah, email. I I reached out to them or not before. It seems like I may have about you know when I was trying to do one of my subwoofer shootouts. But mm -hmm. I know I've reached out to. Uh, is it, I don't know how you pronounce it. H S H S U Sue Shoe Shoe Shoe. Okay, uh, but I never got a reply. But I've talked to maybe one of you guys were telling me that y'all y'all tried and haven't gotten anything either. So yeah, I don't know. They should. They should. I don't know. Send something. What else are you guys saying? It's we're at an hour and twenty-one, so I do want to hop into the after show and talk to Ike and see what he thinks. Hopefully, he'll he'll be able to stick around. Boo, um, Ike. <laughs> yeah, I I get. So my excitement now comes from somebody else enjoying their system. Yeah, that's cool. I have enough systems. My systems sound all mine are sounding awesome. So at a certain point, it's like I would I like it when somebody else like, oh, dude. I just listened. Dang, this sounds crazy. So, what else? What else we got? Anything else? 
Um, do you want to talk about that Behringer real fast? Like, let okay, okay. Care about those cheap Behringers. Let <laughs> okay, me, all right. Let me pull those it. up first, just because you know I just want people to see a quick glimpse. Let okay, all right. Behringer B two fifteen XL. Uh, bear with me while I go through this trouble here. Mm -hmm. and throw it over here. Settings for the slots. Share screen. Do you, do you think there's something to the whole? If you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. No, me, I don't. I, I remember hearing that as a you know when I was younger, mm -hmm. and I think it's still somewhere there. Like something tells me, like yeah, there's something to that. No, um, not for what we do. Okay. I don't. Okay. If 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 it's different, but like when we're trying to educate the community about speaker performance and you know. Hey, this is something that's cool, and this is something you probably want to avoid. I don't believe in the whole. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. I believe it's perfectly within reason to just not like hammer the negatives home, right? Like say your piece and move on. But I, I think you should at least do that. So this is the Behringer 215 XL speaker, and I've seen this come up on AVS forum and and other places. And matter of fact, somebody recently within the past couple of days has asked me if I could review the speaker. So uh, I was, I acquired a set of these speakers and I listened to them and thought, it sounds like you stole them. I yeah, well, you know, I thought, Oh my God, this is the, this is the worst thing I've ever heard. And I mean, I listened to them for like five minutes and that's all I needed to know that I was done. Right. But then I went ahead and I looked at some measurements. So let me, See if I can bring that up. How about this? What if uh, what if you show the measurements, and I'll try to guess how they sound, and then you tell me. So <laughs> well, it's kind of like can guess. Okay, kudos to you. I'll just I'm gonna I'm gonna look at the measurements and see if there's any correlation with what you heard. And if I'm way off, please just say, "Dude, no." All right, you don't know how to read these graphs. Okay, okay, I'm sharing now. There you go. Whoa! All right. So what is happening? Why is it? going up and down so much you know it's it's one thing if it's pretty smooth but but you know maybe it's lifted treble like we were showing with the uh, q acoustics but this is up and down all over the place yeah. mm -hmm. like constantly changing uh mm -hmm. one thing I, I have to say something positive right a little yes. positivity okay. sound which is uh the directivity above what is that 1.5 mm -hmm. kilohertz that's solid. Whatever they did there was pretty dang was good. Legit. Yeah. Huh? Pretty dang good. But these things, see, the ups and downs, I wouldn't know the cause of them mm -hmm. because I don't know that there's enough information in this particular graph, but I'm sure you have more information where you I can do tell have me why those are there. So when I looked at that, I thought, good Lord, those sometimes when you have ups and downs, it's because maybe the enclosure is tuned too high. And mm -hmm. meaning like the Q is too high. So you're going to have a bump in bass. Sometimes that's done on purpose. You can call that a resonance, but I don't call enclosure tuning too high a resonance because I think when you call it a resonance, it almost sounds like it's accidental. But people purposely will tune enclosures to have a high Q bump. And basically mm -hmm. they want it to have a resonant point around there. Uh, however, this particular speaker just seems like it's too small for the woofer that's used. So I don't know if this was done on purpose or if they just slapped a 15-inch woofer in there and said, make it fit, okay? So there's that. 
then there's all these little peaks and dips and things like that. And some of them, sometimes you run into it and you think, well, maybe that's just like a baffle step issue or a level matching issue in the crossover between maybe a tweeter and the wolfer or something like that. And I'm looking at this thinking, what is going on? These are almost all actual resonances. And I know that because I go and I look at the impedance. And every time you see this, the blue line, I'm sorry, wow. is, the, uh, is the phase, but the red line is the uh, actual impedance. Wow. Let, me, let me get rid of that and make it a little bit easier to see. All of these little wiggles. Right? So this is the port tuning. And this little saddle in here means it's tuned to about 50 hertz, give or take. But all these little wiggles are resonances of some sort. They're either the actual drive unit itself resonating or an enclosure resonance or maybe a port resonance if a port was here. And um, so, yeah, you run into things like that. I don't know what's causing that resonance, 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 that resonance. I mean... There's like six Easy, or seven bro. different just, resonances. Just take out, take out the whole front and blue tack everything. Foam yeah. and blue tack will fix that's, all that. That's huh? what you got to do. So, but that's why you wind up with all these little wow. things going on, and and the directivity, you know. So here's my thing. This is this is used by the home theater guys, and I'm sure that they were probably thinking, oh, I can just EQ it because it's a cheap speaker with a 15 inch woofer. It's probably going to go low, and it's probably going to have high sensitivity. Mm. Well, it kind of has high sensitivity, but when you start EQing some of these problems down, when you bring the sensitivity down, it does not go low because look at that steep roll off and it's at 100 hertz does not go low. Mm. Now, you could say I could EQ the speaker well above like 1.5 kilohertz. You probably can. You know, I think reasonably you could we could smooth out this response. You're going to lose some of the headroom uh, on the sensitivity, but OK, but down here. You're not going to be able to EQ these, all these little peaks and dips. You cannot, there are, there are resonances that you can fix with EQ with a very narrow Q filter and you drop it down enough and you hit the exact frequency with a parametric EQ, you can EQ out some resonances. But when they occur back to back to back like this, your DSP is not going to be able to actually, okay, you're going to have to manually go in with a really high power DSP and a Q of like 20 for each of these and bring those down, I don't see the point. Reverend says, you try to run magic beans on that yeah. and your computer will explode. <laughs> it's a it's a really bad design. I, and I don't, I haven't even looked to see what it was supposed to be used for. My guess, because it comes with pole jams at the bottom, my guess is that it's just for outdoor event or something like that, just to give you some kind of sound. And hey, that's good enough. And if that's the that's case- That's a lot of resonances though. Is it cool. is it like um, oh, it a harmonics terrible, thing? Dude. Are they multiple, multiples of a, you know, are they happening at- Certain increments um, where it's a, a certain thing that's causing it. If you fix that one thing, the rest kind of go away. Like, I hear you. I did not even look. So let's go and just see if we can figure that out. So that's about 215. So maybe this one, it's possible that they're harmonics, but I really don't know for sure. Most of these are probably going to be like, this is probably spider uh, surround issue. It's probably some kind of compliance issue there. Um, but I think a lot of these are also going to be enclosure resonance of some sort. But this sounds terrible. Now I'm curious what the... Um, okay, so what does that end up sounding like? So we look at that. That's correlated wonky. with... We'll go back to it. It's uh, it's so bad that it, you can't even describe it. It's just bad. It's just bad, you man. Wonky? Like, I don't know. Vocals never sound right. They're like, they're way boomy, and then they're very thin, right, right back to back. So, I mean, as you're talking, you have natural tones, and these natural tones span over a few octaves. 
So as these people are talking, if I'm watching a movie or I'm listening to music, as they're talking or singing, their tones mm-hmm. sound at different levels. Between 300 hertz to 400 hertz, or you know, 200 hertz, you're what seven dB down at 200 hertz compared to what is that 250? Yeah, that's a third of an octave. You're seven dB down between those two points. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So it's a crap speaker. I mean that it's a crap speaker for home use. If you're using it in your backyard or you're taking it to an outdoor event and you just want sound, you don't care about fidelity. Sure. Knock yourself out. I mean, 180 bucks per speaker. Cool. Go for it. Wow. But if you're thinking you're going to buy these because somebody on the internet said it was a good buy because they were $180 and they use a 15 inch woofer so they can get low. Don't do that. Mm. <laughs> do not do that. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, so sometimes I root for some of these companies when there's an issue that's easily fixable. Like all you have to do is just do this one thing and then it sorts it out. But it seems like there's too many little things going on here. So yeah, yep. that's a no on that one. That's a no. And the and the smaller brother of that, the 212 XL looks even, well, I don't know if I'd say it's worse, but it's probably on par with as bad as that one is. It's neither. Yeah, one. Well, Behringer is known for kind of copying, unfortunately, unfortunately. copying yeah, designs. I, was, I, you know, I could live with some of the issues that it has. And you could EQ some things out, but there's mm-hmm. just no way, man. It doesn't make any sense to try to buy that and salvage it. And yeah. um, you cannot get rid some of those enclosure resonances. You're not going to get rid of with equalization, and it's going to. It's just not worth it. So what's okay? Before we got to do the you know positivity sandwich, you know. So what's an example of an enclosure that of a speaker that you've measured? You don't have to show it on screen, but that has great control of resonances. Actually, this Klipsch. Mm-hmm. I even talked about that in my review. I haven't even dropped it. I know it, dude. Huh? I know it. This clip are you? Is a is good speaker. It's a good what? speaker. I was surprised. I know people. And I even said. I even said something about it in my video. I was like, "Look, I know that people think I'm a clip hater. I'm not. I don't hate any particular brand. I just sometimes I don't like a speaker, and it happens to be that a lot of clip stuff I just don't like. However, this is a good one. I like. Them. Oh yeah. wow! Well, yeah. good good job, Klipsch. Yeah, good job. So, see, you got to end it on a good note. You know what I mean? I know, man. It ended on good. We started off pretty lame. That was yeah. my fault, but we're ending on a good note. So. Yeah, it's all good. We're just keeping it real, just talk, you know, we are. talking about what we feel like talking Hold about. Hold ourselves and, uh, accountable. And I was honest. I get jealous of other people. There's nothing wrong with me admitting it. That's something <laughs> I've got to work on. That's a me problem. That's not an anybody right. else problem. That's a me and, problem. And hopefully other people, you know, will realize we all have our issues with yeah. our work and, you know, nobody's perfect. We're, I think it's important to remember everybody's just trying their best. I think that's what it is. Oh, Every, sure. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, I'm going to try to screw up my whole life and be <laughs> the worst version of me. Everybody's doing their best. So I would hope not. We're trying. Anyway, let's leave it at that. Uh, audio-only version of the podcast is anchor.fm forward slash daily hi-fi. And I'm going to head to the after show and see what Ike thinks of his system and maybe talk to some other folks. And maybe we'll do an, a calibration for somebody. Uh-oh. I don't know. But you have to be a patron to see what's up. So anyway, Aaron. Good chat with you, man. Yeah, always, always. And uh, I'll see you guys next week. All right, take care. Later.